and welcome to the City Business Edition. My name is Nashika Siza. Coming up on this week's edition, we'll bring you highlights from the board chair of Access Bank Ghana, Amabewa's powerful note on how to sustain an SME amidst the current economic turmoil. Let's listen to what she said at the Vodafone Business Runway event, which took place last week. So essentially, structuring your SME for success, it simply means that organizing yourself and your business in such a way that you go from point A to point B to point C, you know, and, and so on and so forth. You go from an SME into a, a large corporation, and then I think Andrew said, um, you, uh, I, I've forgotten what you said about kind of, you know, going from, you know, one point to another. You, are, you, you, you start off as a small business, and therefore you don't have enough to invest in, you know, marketing and stuff. But as you grow and you get to a large corporation, you have enough, you know, uh, financial resources to be able to invest. So what does a successful business look like? The definition is uh, successful businesses are concerned with making long-term profits and generating sustainable growth while effectively meeting the changing needs of our customers. So three things here. We want to make profits, but for the long term. We want to generate growth, and that growth has to be sustainable. It doesn't just have to be one year, two years, five years. We want it for the long haul. And then we also want to be able to meet the changing needs of our customers and meet them effectively. So how do I create a successful business? You have to have structure. And by structuring, you have to put your targets down. So what are these targets? One, your operational milestones are very important. You know, what do you want to achieve in the business? What are your targets? Where are you headed? Where are you starting from? And how are you going to get there? You have to set financial goals. What am I looking to achieve financially? Year one through year five. In year one, do I want to make X million? I am investing X amount of money. How much am I going to recover in year one? In year two, I need to grow from year one to year two. What kind of financial targets do I need to set in order to be able to see that growth? Typically, businesses or new businesses break even between years three and five. In years one and two, you have to um, set yourself, uh, you know, the targets that will keep you in business and not let you fold. You have to be realistic about those targets. You cannot start off and say, oh, I want to see incredible profits in year one. You will be disappointed. And if uh, you're not careful, that disappointment kind of affects you throughout, and then you end up folding. So set realistic targets. You set your financial targets the first five years. Year one, likely a loss. Year two, a loss, but a smaller loss. Year three, maybe inching towards breaking even. Year five, I should be turning a profit if even, you know, it's a small profit. You need to have structures in place in order to be able to achieve these two, you know, uh, milestones. What kind of structures do you need in place? A lot of us as SMEs typically think, oh, let me just go to the Registrar General. I've registered my company. I know what I want to do. What we do not realize the import of is to have a structure. I always say that think like a corporation acts like a corporate, like an SME. So have governance in place. Have your management in place. Have your key personnel, 
Have your banking and financial services sorted out. Have a bank that is aligned with the goals or the industry in which you operate. The different banks have different areas of ex expertise. You also need robust internal and external communication, as uh, Andrew just showed us. And as an SME, you do not need to be investing millions in that you know, um, robust communication. Internally, I will talk about what kind of internal communication systems that you need to make sure are in place, as well as the external communication systems. Who are our clients? What is our target? Do, is it a client-facing you know, enterprise? What are, is the number of clients that we are targeting? You know, and how do we access these clients? So all of these things are things, essentially you are building your business plan, right? Before you need to sit and plan out all these things before you even start with the registration of the company, right? What is the volume of business products or, or business or products that you are looking to move, right? Is it, it let's say it's um, a restaurant. Um, how much uh, inputs do you need? What are the raw materials, the ingredients that you need to buy on a daily basis? Um, Mondays through Fridays may not be your peak periods. What do I need to invest in, you know, ingredients in order to be able to do that? Um, if you are importing and you're exporting, what is my uh, initial capital? How much can I afford? You know, what, uh, what I can afford may not be able to fill a whole container. Do I partner? you know, with somebody else who is also in that same space or who is importing from that same region so that we share a container. You know, these are things that you sit and then you think through. Um, I think uh, Doc uh, talked about, you know, consultants. Sometimes you can be your own consultant simply by having a structured mindset. You know, you sit and you plan and you think through all the possibilities all the things that you, you plan to achieve with your business, and then you make lists, and then you make targets. You find that it, it, it makes it easy, it makes it, it structured. It gives you a process with which you know, to engage in your business. So if you have any other operational targets, you look at those two. Financial goals, the financial goals are very, very, very important. Um, when I returned to Ghana from um, doing my MBA and living and working in the U.S. for a little bit. I, I worked briefly as a management consultant uh, with a small uh, U.S. firm. And then afterwards, I decided to set up my own consulting company. I folded that after one year because I did not have realistic financial goals. In the first year, I expected to turn a profit. And so by the end of that first year, when I didn't turn a profit, when another company came calling, I closed my company down and I went back into the corporate space. On hindsight, if I hadn't closed the company down, it probably would be a much bigger consulting company today because I see other companies that were doing the same thing I was doing but stuck with it, you know, probably because they were not expecting um, or, or they did not have unrealistic expectations. So I panicked. The minute that I ended that first year, I looked at how much I had invested I looked at how much I had got back and I was like, uh-uh, I'm going back to the monthly salary, you know. So please, set your financial goals. Year one, what does your revenue target look like? You know how much you've put in the business. Understand, so that you also have, um, a, 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 what do you call it, a backup. 
You know that in year one, you are not going to turn a profit, and therefore, I need to make sure that either I have some savings or I have some income that is going to sustain me in that first year of operation where I will likely not see a profit. Um, year two, you may be inching towards, you know, uh, looking, uh, breaking even or, or, or moving away from that dismal performance in year one, you know, but when you see improvement, it's encouraging. Year three, take stock. Look at where you've come from year one and two. Am I growing? You know, if you are not growing, assess your targets. Are they realistic enough? Do you need to readjust, right? Or do you need to do some things differently? So it's important to have these milestones against which you are going to check your progress, you know, as your SME um, grows. In year four and five, typically, you know, you should be looking at breaking even and sometimes even turning a profit. I started my insurance brokerage in 2019. Um, I registered at the end of 2019. I was waiting for my license first quarter 2020. What happened to us all in 2020? The pandemic happened. So here I was, I had gone and rented an office because I wanted my office to also represent me and therefore I went in for really nice space, quite expensive, and then I had to literally shut down, you know, for six, seven months. Because the pandemic happened, NIC was not meeting the board of NIC and therefore they weren't granting licenses. So a license that I was expecting, worst case, end of first quarter 2020, license ended up happening towards the end of the second quarter, right? So what did I do? Again, because I had sat down and put, a, you know, a process and structure in place, I kind of, I pivoted and did or, or fell back on other things that I could do, you know, during the pan, uh, pandemic that would earn me some income while waiting, you know, for my business to take off. So come uh, year two, it was rough, you know, the first and second years. I was bleeding money. Um, I was paying um, staff. I was paying um, rent. The GRA came calling the minute I put my signboard outside. <laughs> the Metropolitan Association came calling. Uh, ECG came calling and said, uh, you know, this is not a residential uh, house. It's a business, and therefore we're going to change your, uh, your, your tariff, you know, rate. So, uh, you know, all these things were crazy. But because, again, I'd had the experience of folding up a business once by not having a plan in place and not having structure. This time around, I persevered, right? Come end of year two, I realized that I was breaking even. I was expecting to start turning a profit in year five. Year three, I started turning a profit. And so, because I had sat down and put a structure in, and it's as simple as lists, you know. You don't need a fancy consultant who sometimes may be an industry expert, but does not understand the peculiar, you know, challenges of your small business. So by all means, talk to that expert. I had a chat with uh, an insurance industry expert before I sat down and put my plan together. So talk to that expert. You may not be able to afford their services fully, but you may be able to say, listen, just give me um, 
a few hours of your time. And a lot of the time, most of them will, will, will you know, meet you over lunch, you know, over drinks or something, and talk to you. Have your questions ready. Put those questions across. And then it helps you in putting that plan or, or that structure in place. So um, you have to be, we, I've talked about being realistic and setting achievable targets. And then expectations as well, setting your expectations and then working towards breaking even and then eventually turning a profit. I lost my pointer. <laughs> okay, so structure. The structure is essential. I talked about governance. It's amazing how we feel like we are small, you know, and medium-sized enterprises and therefore we don't need governance. We don't need a board. Um, you don't need uh, a lawyer. You don't need uh, an auditor or an accountant. You need them. And there are different levels of, you know, you, auditors, um, lawyers, uh, you know, you name it. You don't need to go to PwC as a small uh, enterprise. But you can find an accountant, a private accountant in a small firm. Or you can even find a graduate who is, you know, go to um, UPSA and go to the School of uh, Business and Administration and ask them for their best graduates, right? And then hire, you know, one of the best. And, you know, have them working with you, um, attach them to, uh, you know, somebody you know as a mentor, and let them mentor that person. The value to your business, I tell you, is uh, invaluable. Um, same applies to corporate services. These days, filings at the Registrar General is quite complicated. You need a lawyer, right? So that you don't fall foul of, of, of the regulations. Compliance. So compliance is key. You know, the, the middle word of our, um, uh, of our what, what, what is it, our motto or our theme? The middle word of our theme here, compliance. Right? So again, there are small law firms started by young people who are brilliant, who have trained under the best and are starting up. But they are hungry. They are hungry and therefore they deliver. Find these small firms, you know, hire one, retain them. Uh, you can retain a law firm for as little as a thousand cities a month. And absolutely, and simply, you know, they will look at your uh, annual filings at the Registrar General for you. They will even advise you on, um, you know, uh, either setting up a board, having, you know, meetings, all these little legal things that you need to make sure that your company is compliant with. Once again, so that you don't fall foul of the law and you don't get penalized. Um, you know, same happens with human resource. Some uh, accounting companies or some law firms will be able to help you with that human resource aspect. They may help you with the recruiting. Make sure that you have the right contracts in place, regardless of how small your company is. When you hire your, your staff, put contracts in place. Set expectations, right? Have um, an op operating manual. Uh, work is supposed to be started at this time. Work closes at this time. Leave days are so on and so forth for the different levels of my employees. Um, these are the benefits, you know. So you have benefits like um, you can simply make sure that you've signed on to the National Health Insurance Scheme, but you have done it properly, and therefore your staff is covered well. 
Make sure you have a contact in there so that in the event of, you know, claims, illnesses, or, or, or you know, anything regarding your staff's health. That way the staff also feels valued, right? So these are the things that you need to make sure that regardless of how small your company is, it may be just yourself, your driver, and your warehouse manager. Still, put these little things in place. It helps. Um, no, please go back to, yes, the board. It's not only large corporations that need boards, and I can't stress this enough. A lot of the time, you will be able to find experts, you know, uh, people with the skills that will help your company succeed, that will agree to sit on your board. Most people also enjoy that experience of learning how a company works, associating with that company, and so you will be able to find a board who will not have, you know, expectations of high compensation. When these days Zoom meetings are the norm, the board will be able to allot maybe an hour, a quarter, sometimes even less, and meet on Zoom and discuss your business and give you ideas and act as a barometer for you. You can have as few as three people on that board. Have an industry expert, somebody who knows and understands the industry. Have either a financial or a legal expert somebody who can advise you and complement, you know, the, the resources that you have in that space. And then find somebody who has a network. That network is invaluable. Somebody who can pick a phone and call someone and say, um, excuse me, Amma is coming to see you. Um, I sit on her small company's board. She needs X, Y, and Z. Can you talk to her for me? You, you, that, I can't put a price on the value of that network. So find somebody who is very well networked. And just three people on your board, you will be amazed at the difference that it makes. And what it does is it also keeps you honest. You know that every, well, maybe twice a year, you need to have your board meet, you need to report to your board. It forces you to take stock. It forces you to organize, you know. And therefore, you know, you're putting together your board papers. For a small company, your board papers can be as little as maybe four or five slides in a presentation, but it helps you to look at your year or your quarter or your first half or your second half in review. It helps you to look at what you have done, how much have you spent, how much have you earned. It helps you to look at where you are going. You know, are you going to achieve your targets for that, um, th that period? So I, I cannot stress enough, no matter how small, you, it may be, uh, your, 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 your little mom and pop shop. Have an unofficial board. Have somebody who's had a shop before or who has a shop that has succeeded, a bigger shop. And let that person be your unofficial you know, board member. Have somebody who has a network who will tell people, hey, uh, so-and-so has opened a shop. Make sure you pass by and, and check it out and buy something. So it doesn't have to be like um, a corporate board, you know, uh, all the bells and whistles, but just simply advices. People that you can go to that you know have the knowledge and have the network. Next slide, please. Okay, so again, structure is essential. When you look at the structure of your day-to-day -day operations, right, what do you need? You need management. In an SME, often, 
who is that lead manager or CEO? Yourself, right? And therefore, you need to make sure that you are approaching your business with a certain diligence and discipline. You need to make sure, and, and you are setting an example for the rest of your team to follow. So don't think that, oh, it's an SME and therefore anything goes. You know, therefore, um, I'm, I'm going to work today, I may not go to work tomorrow. These days, we have remote working. Even when you are working remote, make sure that your team understands that you are working. And therefore, when they are working remote, they also need to be delivering on their mandates. You know, so the diligence and the discipline. If you have structure in place, if you have um, a finance manager or an accounting firm or, you know, a legal firm that you've put in charge of your human resource, they will make sure or, or, or they will have that ability to make sure that your staff is executing according to their contracts. So make sure that you have discipline and diligence. Again, think like a corporation, act like a corporation, but move like an SME. You have to be organized. I've talked about this and I cannot stress it enough. Take a task-based approach. So for your SME, have maybe weekly meetings. What, when are your weekly meetings? If Monday morning works for you, every Monday morning at 10, your staff knows that there's a meeting. You are looking at the week ahead. You know, you are planning for the week ahead. Or you can have it at the end of the week where you are taking stock and planning for the week ahead. So take, you know, this task-based approach and then imbibe it to the rest of your team so that what you realize is that you are getting maximum efficiency from yourself, from your organization, as well as from your team. Each person, so randomly, can I see your task list for today to, you know, your staff members or your manager, whoever? Okay, what, what, what do you have on your list? This, that, 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 okay. What is the plan? This is my plan. And the next day, next few days, you can go back and check. You showed me your plan on Monday. What have you achieved against that plan? You know, so before you know it, your company is running like clockwork simply because you have you have structure and you approach you know everything in a in, in, in a task-based manner Pe your people know that there's accountability they just don't come to work and sit behind their computers and and and, and uh, you know surf uh, the webs knowing that um, they can come to you at the end of the year and say oh I did this and I did that show me the evidence where are your lists well, you know, have you executed against them? What were your targets? You know, what are your um, deliverables and what have you achieved against those? So I cannot stress once again how important it is to be diligent, to be structured, and, and, and you know, to imbibe that to your team. And then key personnel, recruit and incentivize for quality. Typically, we tend to say, oh, it's a small business, once again. And therefore, let me take my friend's daughter or my, my, my niece's schoolmate and let me throw them in a role that they have no idea about, just to have a body warming up their seat. It doesn't work. It won't bode well for your company. Again, there are so many graduates, young people out there who are hungry, who are smart, and who will deliver if you give them the necessary training. So hire well, recruit well, and incentivize them, pay them well. 
If you have a national service person that is earning 700 CDs, you know, after all deductions, and then you realize that this is a good person, a good staff member, and therefore I want to retain them, start them off at 1,500. It's made, when I started my company, there was a time when I was borrowing to pay salaries. I never miss a you know, payday because I want my staff to wake up and want to come to work. I want my staff to wake up and come to work happy, knowing that they are working and they will be compensated you know, fairly. So please, it's important to make, don't put all the money in your pocket. <laughs> Spread the love, you know, make sure that you are incentivizing. So um, after you have recruited and hired, uh, you know, and incentivized them, make sure that you have certain key roles filled. You need your, your head of company, which is a manager, who will be the next level below you. So I will call that probably um, your MD, your you know, supervisor, or, you know, whatever that role is titled in your organization. And make sure that that person feels empowered, you know, feels ownership in the business in order to be able to then, you know, be effective in leading the rest of the team. Finance manager, very, very, very important. So the finance manager in an SME, like my company, typically she is the accountant, she's a finance manager, she's also our HR uh, resource manager, and she does all beautifully. She does it all beautifully, you know. She goes to the bank, she en uh, engages with GRA, she, um, you know, engages with SNITs and all of that stuff. So make sure that you are finding the right resource to fill that role. Um, operations manager or your client services person, somebody who has love for whatever it is that you're doing and therefore does it with a plumb, you know, and does it, and, and, and that person typically will be your customer or your client-facing person. And what your clients see is what your company is. So again, make sure they are incentivized, make sure they know their roles, and make sure they are good at what they do. External auditor, very, very, very important. GRA will come calling, GRA will look at your books, and GRA will find you wanting if you don't make sure that you have somebody who understands, you know, the, the workings of the law and is therefore ensuring that your company is compliant. There are so many small accounting firms, you know, around that will provide that service for a small annual fee. They will put together your annual reports for you, and those annual reports, again, I can't stress how important they are. No matter how small you are, even if it's a two-page annual report, what it does is it captures, you know, the essence of your business, what you've done, what you are doing, and it gives you a sense of the health. So essentially, it's a health check on your business. So please, external auditor. I need to wrap it up. Okay. Um, so the next slide. I, I think, you know, these are pretty much... We are all doing it, but we probably are doing it in a haphazard manner. We, we need to put structure around it. Your operational setup should be professional. We've talked about that. Customer service, train your team. Please train your team. It's incredible how many companies have 
lousy reputation simply because their customer service people are terrible. So, and there are customer service experts. There's a lady called Yvonne McCarthy. She's one of the best. If you need Yvonne's contact, I have it. Patricia has it, a lot of people. And there are so many other uh, you know, people who are good in that space. Have them come over to your company and let them provide training for your you know, customer service people. It's important. Banking and financial services, I alluded to that in the beginning. Find a bank that fits your industry, that has that expertise you know, in your industry. Find a bank that has an SME team and therefore SME friendly. Because if you go to a bank and they are focused on the corporate salon, there are a couple banks here in Ghana, I won't mention names, they simply just shut down SME businesses because they are not interested. They are only interested in turnovers of a certain level and above. But there are other uh, banks, like my bank, Access Bank. We have a fantastic SME uh, you know, uh, section. So please, bring your business and <laughs> we will take care of you. Ask for local bank. <laughs> so if, if you want a, a bank that is SME friendly and you need a contact, please feel free to talk to me at the end of this. And um, you know, financially supportive banks who will give you lines of credit to make sure that your business is succeeding. Um, next slide, please. Communications. I won't belabor that point. I think Andrew has said enough. But internal communications is important. Invest in devices for your team. Have company allocated cell phones and laptops. Make that investment so that you don't have the excuse of my phone wasn't working, my laptop wasn't working. If you have company dedicated devices, and you are servicing, you have an IT person, again, freelance, who comes in and takes a look or who you call or, you know, on demand when you need them. Your company, your, your team is well resourced. They have uh, get um, Vodafone MiFi's for them so that if they are sick and they need to be home, if their child is on vacation and therefore they don't have childcare and they need to work from home, you are still resourcing them to be able to be at home, take care of their children and still give you you know, the value that you require from them. So I cannot, again, stress the importance of um, enough, the importance of having internal communication systems well sorted. So cell phones, and then these days you have all kinds of chat groups that you can set up with your team so that you are always, you know, plugged into each other. Um, WhatsApp is there, uh, there's a, uh, I'm not a technical or an IT person, but there are a whole bunch of you know, chats that come up, come with these apps, Microsoft, all of that, so that you stay plugged in. External communication, you don't need millions to you know, get uh, your, your, your company's message out there. Online, Instagram, Twitter, set up an account, get one of your young staff to help you with that. Make sure that it's appealing and it's reaching you know, uh, your target market. Boost every now and then, sponsor ads. So at the end of the day, you're structured for success. Keep it simple, think like a corporation, act like a corporation, move like an SME. That was the voice of the board chair of Access Bank Ghana, Amabewa, giving that commanding speech at the Vodafone Business Runway event on how SMEs can thrive in the midst of the current economic chaos. This has been the City Business Edition. With me, Nashika Siza. Make a date with us next week for another exciting episode.
This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation.